0: My name is Marsha and you're listening to my podcast, Marsha and her Mike. Now, I am quite invested in today's topic. So thank you for hopping by and stopping by and listening. There are actually about two things that I want to talk about here. One is living a creative life as a person, you as the person who has creative tendencies And two, if you're living with or raising someone else who is a creative person. Both can bring about quite different sets of challenges on its own. So I wanted to take a look at what it is like, you know, on the both sides I've just described. So stay tuned and let's find out what I found out. (laughs) Well, first off, I would like to talk about... Let's talk about living a creative life and what it really means. Now, I have been accused of a couple of things in my life. Actually, many, many things. Stubborn is one of them. Extra sensitive is another. stand fish is one I cannot understand. I thought life was a complete party. So if you asked me if some people were born more creative than others... In my personal opinion, yes, I think it's got to do with your inclination and your personality. For example, I love to read and sing, and I just love things that you know. I I don't choose to do badly in math in school. Uh, it's just that I don't have that preference. So I would say I tend to be a bit more creative than some people I know, and I think it affects how I think and work. Now, at work, some of my personality affects my performance and the way the way I work. I write a lot uh, at work, and if you asked any writer if, if it's possible for them to write and do something else at the same time, I think many, many of them will answer you with a firm no. Well, okay, if I didn't have a chance like when I was raising my kids on my own and I had to work while caring for my boys, I could probably produce something but it wouldn't be very good. Let's just put it this way. Um, Creative people, we may be able to perform under pressure or uh, under very extreme circumstances but we may not it may not be the best, uh, you know, uh, situation to be in. So for people like me, I have spurts and I have identified them. My spurts, it's first thing in the morning and I need some form of isolation. It's, I, I just cannot write well when I am constantly being disrupted and my flow is cut off consistently throughout the day. And trust me, I've tried doing it um, because, you know, circumstances call for it. But even when I was singing, I had to spend some time getting into the zone. And but hang on, it's not as bad as it sounds. (laughs) It's just a matter of um, prepping myself mentally for performance as opposed to being a part of the audience. It allows me to take control of what's in front of me and remind myself about what I need to do. So when, when you get up there, it's easy to get swept up, you know, um, and you'll probably be feeling kind of buzzed about everything or just really nervous uh, or everything else. Buzzed, nervous, having a panic attack. Either way, that small, small little bubble of time allows you to really take everything in and feel, feel in control. So, people living with creative people may learn this a little later as we interact with each other and help each other understand. I have friends who are more practical about things, totally unlike me, and they struggle to understand my curiosity about so many things and my willingness to try new stuff out. I'm just willing. Hi, and welcome back. I, okay, I'm going to talk about how creativity works. I was reading an article with a very explicit and accurate description of how creativity actually works. Unlike many other skills, creativity is rarely summoned. You don't just call on it and, you know, it comes right up to you and it's like an egg in a basket. You know, uh, you can't just sit there at 9 a.m. in the morning expecting creativity to show up on time. It rarely does. It also does not sign off at 5 o'clock when you get off work. It's just something that's there at every unexpected hour of the day, even when you're about to fall asleep or when you're taking a shower or you're waiting at a bank and then it sort of shows up and says, hi. So, and when it does, it rarely, you rarely have the time to respond because it sort of sweeps you away and you're in the zone without knowing like you're being kept in this this mode of creativity. So, creativity is just like a friend who is kind of really there all the time, but it does not respond unless it is stimulated. Um, It is there while you're doing the most boring stuff. It's also incredibly stubborn, even in the face of a deadline. In fact, for me, it's worse when I'm under pressure and am often hassled with the everyday stuff of life. It doesn't show up. There's no lever to pull and there is no button to push. So, yeah, when it you're there, you're there. So when I have to do something, I am constantly thinking about it. Like, like when I'm driving or ordering something online and then it hits me like a t- ton of truck, you know, and it happens. And yeah, and you just have to be in that moment and grab it. That's what creativity is for me anyway. And the funny thing is, I could have been sitting there the whole damn day trying to think of something, and yet nothing happens, but when i'm in an a very inconvenient place or time, it happens, and that that's what that's what it's like to me anyway so of course, living in this day and age we can't we cannot be living life at the whim of a very unruly skill. This creativity creature that I call it, you know, it, ha- it sort of like has a mind of its own. It comes in and out as and when it wants, you know, even worse than, you know, when you're dealing with a teenager or a very mismanaged employee, you know. But let's just remember that when there's nothing to feed creativity, it is not going to come. Now, you, f- you feed it with everyday stuff. It could be movies, um, an article, you you writing something, you seeing some ads, your neighbor's noisy kids, an ice cream shop at the end of the row, like whatever. The worst thing is that even if you're a very disciplined person with unquestionable work ethics, creativity is hard to grapple with. I know this personally because that's what I struggle with all the time now what creativity does is that it takes notes of all our our experiences and stimulants around us and when we are too busy catching deadlines it doesn't come around when your mind is freer and clearer you can see what see that that creativity friend a little better and then it hits you it's kind of easy to explain I guess. That's because perhaps why you suddenly have ideas when you're least expecting it is because you're not expecting it and there's space in your mind for new stuff. Or rather, things that's been hidden or things that's been taken taking the back seat, they suddenly have space and the freedom to come out. So that's what creativity does. You know, and it cannot be forced or cramped out. It simply does not work that way. So let's talk about creativity, in general, what it is. So creativity to me is a process, not an event. You can ask any expert who have studied this phenomenon or this um, this skill set and you'll find that they will, they, they will describe it the same way. It's sort of like a collection of um, things that happen along the way that stays hidden until a moment when you really need it And when there's enough, you know, uh, enough, um, I just keep using the word space, but that's the way it is, you know, in your mind, enough for it to surface. And let's discover, let's find out a little bit more about how it is known by going into early experiments into like the telephone. How was it discovered and how the experiments went on. So let's talk about the telephone, right? The, the earliest known experiments related to telephones dates back to the 1660s, which includes the very well-known tin can phones, you know, the ones that you kind of stick two cans at Each end with a thread in the middle Yeah, and then both of you kind of speak to each other through the tin can It's a scientific experiment, I think, which is done all over the world in school And it's very, very popular It explains how sound works and also how it travels We didn't really come up with anything solid until the 1800s Well, the point is that it took decades to come up with this conventional telephone. Um, It took a lot of, of course, a lot of creative processes and it's a lot of experiments, a lot of trials and errors, a lot of failures and stuff like that. It was a journey that continues to, to develop to this very day. I mean, we now have mobile phones and the internet is in our back pockets, something we could never have imagined before. But in the 1960s, a researcher conducted a study on more than 1,500 children in five-year increments. He found that the level of creativity for participants dropped steadily as they aged. Slowly, Creativity slowly trained out of their natural system as they grow into adulthood. And his conclusion was that non-creative behavior was slowly trained out of these children. I find that intriguing and sad at the same time. Like, can you imagine, like, we were born with all the creativity in the world? Like, little children, they're curious, they're willing to try they're not afraid to touch the pot when you tell them it's hot and then they discover ouch it's hot it's true and that's how they learn and yeah i find it sad that we kind of um don't really do that anymore with uh a lot of people knowing how to calculate risks so of course as with everything else in life there are variables to take into consideration so in other studies it was found that the level of iq has risen for for many people in our generation and the creative thinking skills have dropped instead so we have become ideally smarter but we have now At this day and age, we have become less able to think creatively and out of the box. So while I might think that people are born creative, there are people who oppose the idea. There are other other arguments on the other side of the fence that tells me that creative thinking is is a learned skill, something others can pick up and practice on. Okay, I digress. And yes, please continue with your argument. Without going into too much detail about this, I am, of course, not a scientist and not an expert on this topic. So some real experts believe that once a person has achieved a certain level of intelligence, trash when the personality is right, creativity actually prospers. Let's think about that for a while okay done so it is a matter of whether we approach the world with a fixed or a growth mindset a fixed mindset is sort of like um, you, you you approach everything with a black and white attitude whereas a growth mindset is more acceptable to uh, lots and lots of variables and is willing to make a- adjustments along the way so you in order to grow you have to accept accept mistakes and um have multiple plans like plan a for this and if it doesn't work out there's a plan b and then there's a plan c right so yes it has something to do with your intelligence level your readiness to embrace new things and it is also about your self-esteem interesting i i think personally that kind of makes sense because creative people have nothing much to to fall back on when they're stuck with a new idea and something unventured They, they have to stick it out there and continue to believe that it will work, the idea will work. So, even when they're told multiple times that you know that light bulb is not gonna work, that light bulb is not gonna work again and again and again and again and again, and they feel they have to have enough confidence or self esteem to stick it out. Yeah, they're not afraid of failure and they're very, very resilient. Well, the next thing that uh, I was very, very interested about was the facts that I found on the internet about creative people. So, let's dive into facts. So, fact number one, most of the ones I found were negative, like, for example, uh, creative people are nuts, we are neurotic, we don't need much sleep, false. Uh, we are tortured individuals. We tend to affect people negatively, and especially the people we love or the people close to us, right? And we tend to be better liars. OMG. I do not find myself to be a better liar, but okay. <laughs> well, that's only partially true. Now, let's look at some of the scientifically proven facts about creative people. Fact number two, if you're trying to practice being creative, try limiting yourself. I have personally done this myself and I confirm this to be true. When I'm not given a word count limit when I write, I don't need to get creative as much because... I have the whole canvas ahead of me. I can do whatever I want. I am allowed to ramble on and on and on and on. But on the flip side, when I have an assignment to write a report or copyright for an advertisement where there is a word limit due to space constraints, I tend to struggle a little bit more. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. Now on to fact number three, if you open your mind to new things, stuff you've never thought about before, you become more creative because you're pumping in new knowledge and experiences. The creativity within you will feed off of that new knowledge and experience. One good example, I knew close to nothing about medical stuff before I joined a company, which is um, a med tech medical uh, company uh, that that's in the tech industry. Uh, I knew nothing about it, but when I became the marketing manager, I was fed new words, new conditions, and situations, and I started to broaden the way I look at other more conventional things in my life. It's a fact. So when you open your the, open your mind, you're fed more things, and it and remember what I said about creativity. It feeds off of new experiences and fact number four and it's a fact that I'm still struggling to understand it seems as though there is a psychopathic side to creative people yikes being creative requires one to be less inhibited and less honest and be more open to risk these according to research are the types of traits that exist in, naturally in psychopathic people like wow what can i say to that right i'm not i hope i'm not a psycho uh, or anything uh as degrading as that but um i think what it's trying to say is that that there are uh, the the mm, god the less inhibited you are and less restrained you are the more creative you become or the more naturally you become as a person. Fact number five creative people tend to perform better at night. Hence they are better known as night owls. Despite that whether creative ideas come to be come to a person be it day or night one thing is for sure, ideas come to you most of the time when you're not supposed to be working. This is absolutely true. Um, when I'm working, nothing comes to mind. When I'm showering you know, or I'm like driving, it it hits me. You know, they're absolutely random. Some friends report of waking up in the middle of the night like in the middle of the night like three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning and they're you know waddling their way through the bathroom half awake and then they they get hit by like this wave of idea it's a major idea that they've got to get started on right away it's random that way (laughs) So this segment is about raising a child or living with someone who is uh, naturally creative. Uh, By the time my first son was about five years old, I think, I kind of knew he was more creative than he was intellectual. Uh, He had no time for books, but would play with his imaginary friend or pretend or he could build something out of everything from cushions to like Lego blocks. I, th- I, I taught him the simplest re- most conventional ways to solve math problems but he would be way ahead of me or find an interesting way to look at it and I just could not grapple with that and I, th- I got angry with him, for not not learning anything, without realizing that what he saw was genuinely different. It's really, really eye opening for me, and I think he still remembers t- me uh, today as one of the worst tutors in the world. My second son was more of a by-the-book kind of person. So if you think your child is a creative person, open-ended toys are the best. The questions that encourage their personal input really gets their juices flowing. They don't perform well in stuff that requires soaking up information from textbooks, but if you ask them how we can better make use of a, a fork, yeah, like, like a fork and spoon, they will probably probably show you a thing or two that will surprise you. And another thing you can give your child is some time for unstructured play. Um, you know how we have rules and how we should play together with our friends and then, you know, you... These are the things that you can do and these are the things you cannot do. They are all great. But creative children, they do better without the rules and just, you know, play with the game. Sure, but there are no boundaries. When there are no boundaries, they, they tend to perform a lot better. They can actually even come up with their own games. I'm serious about this. And children who are creative, they also love knowing what they did right or what you found fun on the receiving end. Praises like, oh, they're so awesome or you're so creative can be great. But when you get specific about why you found one of their stuff amazing, it fuels them. So for example, um, you... Your child is playing uh, with the Lego set, and they decide to... uh, We have these mega blocks, right? I'm not sure if you have it in your country. They're not Legos. They're huge. They're bigger, and it allows for uh, constructions of toys that are simply larger in size. So, uh, my first son had this when he was younger, and he created like literally a car, with the wheels and the steering wheel and all of that, because he was fueled by the idea that there were there was no rules. So, but 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 okay, let's let's qualify this. If your child is often curious about new things, or taking things apart. You can continue to offer them new opportunities and encourage them to try them out. But of course, you have to stop them and let them know when it is okay and when it's not, you know. For example, taking the TV apart or putting dangerous things into electronics like the microwave oven or even on a gas stove. Anything that's dangerous, you know, like plugging it into the socket, you uh, you, they're just no, you know. and But allowing your kids to explore and expound on their interests means setting boundaries for them too. They're kids, after all. They, they still need your guidance as parents. And on a personal front, I have a son who is highly creative. He sometimes plays computer games and watches videos and movies that I may not necessarily agree with but video games can actually require the person to engage their creative creative skills. Creative people may be particularly invested in or good at role-playing games. Don't ask me what it is. I have no idea what it is either but uh, I have listened I've learned to listen to my son and accept his view on these games. And so far, so good. Well, creativity in children comes in many different forms. It comes in the form of knitting, scrapbooking, drawing, decorating, cooking, or just coloring. You just never know. It's something that, as a parent... We've got to watch what our children are interested in and then you just kind of catch on, you watch, nurture and you encourage them. As a parent, what I find most or really important uh, is to take the cue from our children. We don't give them complete autonomy. I know some people will argue with the fact that, oh, you just giving too much power over you. But I kind of disagree that it's a way to draw the line. Uh, but you can also provide them with prompts and fresh ideas. You can start by asking them for their thoughts on certain topics, activity, or even your own interest. And then you, what you do is to put that in their hands and watch what they do with it. You will be surprised. So for starters, if your child is really young, instead of handing them a coloring book and asking them to color within the lines, tell them to do whatever they want with it. Let them have the freedom to come up with whatever they want with an existing material. I have been surprised with my own kids countless, t- countless times. I lost count. So obviously giving them a Lego set is great. It is really, it is, it is great. But what about handing them unconventional materials like empty egg containers or used toilet paper rolls, boxes, paper towels, paper cups or plates glue tape, paint, glitter, ribbons, and anything you can find around the house, watch what they do with it. And if your child is into entertainment like singing, acting, and comedy, give them the chance to do it in front of you. In a close group circle, uh, I would recommend starting off with just the bunch of you. Uh yeah, because if you start off with a large group like during Thanksgiving or during Christmas or major gatherings, um it may not be the most the greatest starting point. And when they have they are confident enough, a small encouraging audience will definitely boost their confidence level. They'll learn things like getting out of stage fright, create your own scenarios and improvs or create your own characters, scenarios or stories. Yeah, engage with them. That that's the one thing that I think I, I'm a proponent a big proponent of, you know, when your child tries something either for the first time or um, when they're not uh, really confident about it yet. Your role is very, very important as a parent. So I guess we've come to the end of this podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. All the facts and all the sharings that I've had to you know um, share around with you guys thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this post- podcast this far Hooray! I hope you have some takeaways from this and like I said in the earlier parts of this podcast I am highly invested in this topic because I am after all considering considered everything else uh, a creative person by nature and i am also raising uh, a child who is on the creative side as well so the journey of producing this podcast ha- podcast has also given me so many insights uh every time i do something on a topic i am either invested in or interested in i actually learn so much So once again, thank you so much for listening. You can share this podcast with your family and friends if you found it helpful or visit my website for more information on what I do. It has nothing to do with raising creative kids, uh, okay? Just have a look at it. It's not, unfortunately. But I am a copywriter I'm a content developer I'm a digital marketer And I am also an SEO specialist Bookmark this podcast And come back for more There's a mailing list you can subscribe to um, A telegram update link And also my various social media channels So until next time Let's have a great weekend ahead And stay safe XOXO Mwah 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 Keep on Bye